Welcome to Niners Talk with John, Tim, and Brian. Let's talk Niners. How can six of you miss a play like that, huh? What is up, Niners Nation? Do you know what I'm thankful for, Tim? Uh, spending time with your family and friends. Victory Tuesday, let's go! <laughs> priorities, absolute priorities in life. <laughs> I, th- I my second choice was going to be seeing me in person, but you know priorities. I understand. I'm like what third down on the list. Have you ever watched football with yourself? <laughs> we'll get to that I watch, later. I watch I watch football by myself all the time. It's not pretty. Yeah, <laughs> Ryan, <laughs> how are you? And how was your Thanksgiving, which ended in a Niners victory over the Seahawks? Thanksgiving was not ruined. It was Thanksgiving awesome. was awesome. It was great food as usual. I got to watch the game, the presence of my, uh, my family, my mom, my, my brother and his family, and then my wife, and my kids. So, um, uh, obviously, you know, trying to balance out what's on the TV versus trying to have a conversation. My mom's a huge Niner fan, so she's actually okay with having it on while we're eating. So it wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, it didn't make it complex complicated, but yeah, but it was fun. Great time. Great game. It was just an awesome day. And Tim, we, when the schedule came out back in, in early May and I, we all looked at this game and we circled it, not for good, for good reasons. One, it's the 49ers playing on Thanksgiving on Thanksgiving night against Mm -hmm. Seattle in Seattle. And John, as I, you, you and I discussed the day after this could have gone bad in so many different ways. Like you said, John, this was a game that we were very thankful to win. It made for a much better family visit and weekend. We got to enjoy ourselves for the remainder of the holiday. And I w- I got to give a shout out to both our wives because I think they were they were a little concerned about how things were going to go. So I'm uh, grateful to to Terry and Abby uh, for for putting up with us and. Yeah, I think even John, I'm, I'm, I have to say, when Terry saw the schedule, I think her first response was, "Are you kidding me?" It was actually, it was actually my ten year old daughter. But yeah, it's oh same thing, <laughs> same thing. So, <laughs> yeah, but you know, you know, I know we're going to discuss the game, but you know, Niners now sitting at eight and three, getting you know a victory over a, a very tough environment to win in Seattle, a 31-13 victory, and now it is on to, I, I, you know, we we had circled this game. Uh, speaking of looking at the schedule, we had circled this game from May. We knew this was going to be one of the milestones in terms of the season. 49ers going up against the 10-1, and number one seed, defending NFC champions, Philadelphia Eagles, and a rematch of last year's, well, well I'll say this year, but last season's NFC Championship, which we remember, we all remember for not so good reasons. Uh, that's correct. For those of you who are tuning in for the first time, we are three obsessed Niners fans who get together every Tuesday to talk Niners football. If you have a chance, leave us a review, give us a like, give us a follow, ask us a question, do this for free. We love it. So far, we're up to episode 22. And I can just say the sound quality, having listened to some of the old podcasts, has gotten much better over the time we've been doing this. So I'm going to start with overall thoughts of the game because I'm going to relate two stories because it's not very often that my brother and I get together to watch football. And my brother, when he watches it, is very stoic. He doesn't talk a lot. So when the Niners had a rather dominant first half, I went upstairs just to say goodnight to my wife and my uh, daughters. And my wife's like, well, how's it going down there? I'm like, well, the Niners have to score, have 231 yards of offense and Seattle had the audacity to get 31 yards. (laughs) Second, (laughs) the next day, 
my brother and I sat on the couch and rewatched the game on NFL Game Pass and broke down the film and absolutely enjoyed every second of it. I'd also I'd also point out we might have been drinking a glass of wine, maybe some cocktails. Um, I'm sure that's what Kyle Shanahan does. And um, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure if we're following the Shanahan script in that one. So but yeah, as exactly. our wife said. Are you guys really geeking out over football right now and rewatching certain plays and pointing out where the guys are in terms of motion, in terms of position, and what Brock's progressions were and where Fred Warner was lining up? And you playing <laughs> five deep, you playing Tampa two, or you playing five down linemen? And we just paused and went, "Yeah." It's, oh wait, one of your wives actually brought up the term Tampa two. No, I, I, I that was that was the thing. But if, if we had, if they had, I would have been like, you guys have been paying a lot more attention over the last thirteen years than I have ever given you credit for. So, but uh, yes, yeah. So <laughs> overall, I was really it was a great game. Other than the third quarter, which seemed to last about four hundred and two years, it was I, I was quite impressed how the Niners rolled into Seattle, uh, Brian. Yeah, it was it was a great game to watch it was um i don't think i watched it as uh as religiously as you guys did on the next day but i did watch the the first half on replay but it was it was great it was made for such an easy day and as as we've always talked about you know thursday night wins are always the best because they last like 10 days until your next mm -hmm. till your next game so obviously i didn't want to go into thanksgiving break you know with this kind of misery hanging over us but uh yeah it was great it was a great game and i just absolutely loved all of it um i had to leave my mom's house because my kids were getting all anxious in the fourth quarter so i missed that iuk touchdown so we went back oh. to the hotel i turned it on uh we checked in and i i just saw the niners eating turkey and so you know which was absolutely fitting because it's just payback from 2014. So, <laughs> absolutely love that Hey, can I yeah. just uh, we, can we also give a a quick shout out to uh, to Chris Grothkop for last week uh, for joining us and sharing his thoughts on being a Seattle fan? Uh, I know he was at the game. I don't know if we ever got a answer to the question of whether they serve Thanksgiving dinner at the stadium, but I hope he and his family had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Appreciate him coming on and. Uh, if if it's if it's any sort of a silver lining, he is a big Washington University of Washington Huskies fan, and they were able to get in the Apple Cup and in the college football playoff uh, as we look at the standings today. So shout out to Chris for coming on; appreciate it. Hey, it's got to be Oregon. That's gonna be a tough one. All right, so Tim. Yes. How are you feeling um, now? Well, I, I think, you know, it's, it's obviously, you know, I've said I was, it was a great win. You're going into a tough environment. And, you know, John, I always try to look at the first drive as to hints as to how Shanahan is going to call the game. And, you know, the first three plays were passes. And we had seen in previous weeks, particularly when the Niners were, were struggling, that it was the CMC show. You know, that you and I, yeah. we, we thought things were getting predictable there. But that first drive, and we go to the keys of the game here, was get the crowd out of the game, start fast. And the 49ers did just that. They got all the way down the field for a touchdown uh, to open the game. And yeah, that was that was exactly the uh, the start they needed. And even though Seattle came back with a great kick return, the 49 defense, I think, set the tone on that opening drive. I think the Seattle had minus one yard on that entire three series. But you got the sense that the 49ers from those opening drives, when you look at the game again, not when you're in an emotional, fragile state watching the game, that the 49ers uh, definitely had a lot more talent on both sides of the ball. So starting fast, uh, you, you put Seattle on notice, you put uh, their offense on notice that it's going to be a, a tough climb against uh, this front four, against those linebackers. And you know, yeah, it was, you know, I mean, hey, at the end of uh, the first uh, half, it was 24 to three. I don't think you can get a much better start than that. No, although you weren't very relaxed. I get relaxed when I watch the game at the end uh, of the next day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, I was equally as impressed. I thought they came out in rhythm. I thought that Seattle looked tired. 
that they look to step behind, especially on defense. But the Niners look like they wanted to take care of business, get a two-game lead in the West, and then enjoy 10 days off before they go to, to Philly. And it looks like they really had that on their mind. I know with the exception of the third quarter where they were letting Seattle breathe, it was pretty dominant. So we'll have to look at reviewing our keys for victory. First one was get the crowd out of the game. They started fast. Right down the field, touchdown. I thought it was good. But Spencer Burford did not start in the O-line. Brian, thoughts on the O-line? I mean, it was it was better than Buccaneers, but... Definitely. You know, I, I was looking at the stats. I think they only gave up one, technically one sack to... Yeah, uh, one sack. To, to Purdy. So, you know, generally they, they did their job. But you can tell just kind of watching the game, there were a couple of times like where Purdy's quick feet and quick thinking kind of got him out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, it it held up. It definitely held up better. You're right, John, versus the Buccaneers. And I don't have the numbers in front of me in terms of how many yards we got on the ground, but it looked like it definitely held up. You know, Trent Williams was uh, as dominant as ever. 169 think, uh, yards rushing is what the 49ers had on the ground. There you go. Yeah. yeah not exactly a bad day at the office. Nope. Not Some thoughts on the O line? Yeah, I uh, I would say I was surprised, number one, uh, that Banks played and Buford did not. Uh, um, but when you put 169, uh, 169 yards on the ground, uh, you're able to to dictate uh, the tempo. Uh, you're able to keep um, the Seattle defense on the field for a long time. I mean, the ton, ton of possession, the 49ers had uh, 35 and a half minutes. Uh, Seattle had 24. So that tells you the story right there. The 49ers, particularly in the first half, were able to control the clock. I think they were frustrating the Seattle defense with the, I don't want to say the ease of they were moving the ball, but they were definitely in rhythm. They were definitely in tempo. We saw Seattle's defense get frustrated in the second quarter. There was that there was that sideline shot of, I guess you could call it a team meeting. And even Niners Nation pointed out, so that is a sign that things are not going well. So... Yeah. You know, and when you have that, uh, you have belief in, in your offense. Uh, you go in and out the half. The, the Niners, yeah, they had a chance to really, you know, really slam the door shut, I think, in the in the third quarter. But, you know, pick six, Seattle gets back into the game. And, you know, at that point, it was it was a little dicey at points. You thought Seattle was going to make a game of it a couple of times. But Niners d- defense uh, stiffened, and uh, that... Uh, that dart to Ayuk, uh, well, and I'm not going to call it a dart. That was just a terrific pass. That was the dagger. So great first half. You had sort of a, you know, a third quarter, but uh, 49ers uh, were able to win uh, a key victory in a, in a place, frankly, which, as John, you pointed out, uh, this was the first time the 49ers had won back-to-back victories in Seattle ever. Yeah. So that's a particular, particular statistic mm-hmm. ever, ever. Uh, and then we kind of get into the defense, which you mentioned, and we had thought it's kind of a combination of two things. We always have turnovers as a key, but how you get them are, is always a little bit different. And one of the keys we had is the corners and safeties had to play well. And Brian, what did you think about Traverius Ward and Ambry Thomas? And Jaya Brown playing. You know, that whole unit with Gibson and, and Jair and Amory, uh, Mooney Ward, they, they all played great. Um, I'm just thinking to myself, you know, overall, they were covering. You didn't hear much from Metcalf. And I think we have here in the notes here that Metcalf was targeted a few times, but he only had like three catches. Um, Nine so times they played, he was targeted. Yeah, they played really well, you know couple calls that maybe could have been a hell a hold i saw that one on uh Embry thomas in the end zone that probably should have been called but you know i just think overall they they played a really strong game no one seemed to take over from you know gino didn't seem to take over from a passing perspective and you no know, obviously they were missing walker so their running game was kind of you know in the middle but yeah their corners and safeties were out there and they the niners were and they were definitely holding down metcalf and Lockett. so yeah i thought Severius Ward had probably one of the best games he's had as an iron. That was coming off of what I thought was one of his best games against the Buccaneers. 
you know, they clearly were going after Metcalf or, or trying to, he had, I don't know how many tip passes. Yeah. And then Ambry Thomas got Tyler Lockett, who's not exactly a scrub and got an interception from him. So, yeah. I mean, really kudos to those guys. And you didn't hear Jared Brown's name very much, which is good and bad. I mean, it's, it's good because it wasn't picked on, but it's bad because it's like, you didn't make a, a ginormous play. But yeah, it was, it was, it was encouraging that their, their defensive alignments, especially on the back end are doing uh, so well. And Tim, you had this as a key to victory. Pete Carroll is known for his trick plays. He is. Yeah. Um, I, I used, I used, go ahead. I can only remember him trying one and it didn't work. That weird little flea flicker. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I go back to just, I thought he was going to try to pull something early, uh, you know, and I go back to 2021 when the 49ers were in Seattle. I think I mentioned this on last week's podcast where it was a fake punt early in the game and the 49ers had had what appeared to be a three and out early. So I thought I would, I thought he would pull something uh, early there, but I think the way the 49ers offense was, was rolling, particularly in that first drive. And the way Seattle's offense really did not respond, although they did get a field goal that short field. I think he may have had something in his back pocket, but decided, no, too much of a risk. And I'll either save it for another part of the game or for another time when we play these guys. So, but I, I do want to go back to, you know, just the game that the 49ers corners had. I mean, John, you and I watched the game and multiple times Gino tested the corners on deep routes. And, you know, Ward had some great breakups. Um, Ambry Thomas had uh, what I thought was a terrific interception. I think he was covering, I think he was covering uh, Lockett. But Mm -hmm. the only deep ball that really worked was in the third quarter. Uh, Seattle was backed up. It was a third down. And we just saw an absolute fantastic catch uh, by their rookie uh, wide receiver from Ohio State, whose name, I apologize, I'm going to butcher, but it's, I'll just say Smith. I don't want to say it all right now. Jackson Smith and Jigba. Thank you. I'll let Brian butcher (laughs) it. I didn't want to. But that was, I think, I think Seattle thought if we can get the the Niners corners uh, either on either a couple of times, uh, that will spread, that will loosen things up. Uh We want to maybe establish a running game um, since uh, their their starter, uh, Walker, was out. But that just did not work. But they kept testing it time and time again. And the 49er cornerbacks uh, rose to the challenge. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, going back to the trick plays, I thought we would see something. But, you know, I think not only was it just uh, Pete Carroll couldn't find the right circumstance, but you were not dealing with Geno Smith at 100%. He was coming off a pretty banged up arm. I thought his throws in the first quarter were not as crisp as we had seen him uh, before and you know really the 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 only touch i mean well the, really the the 49 defense allowed six points and i think you could you know put an asterisk around that one was a, a pick six obviously mm-hmm. the other they had a short field to work with so the 49 defense that just shows how dominant they were yeah and then last but not least and we've had this as a key to victory many times and it's a kind of a weak point sometimes with Kyle is close the game. I can't tell you how long that third quarter was. It, it just seemed to last forever. But Purdy delivered one of the best throws I've seen in a long time to put the coffin nail in. And I'm still not sure how he did it or why, how he was able to say, oh, that's between four guys, and I'm just going to put this dot as Ayuk said it. But wow, he just put the league on notice. Like, I could put this ball right here. And what are you going to do about it? So I can only hope that that's not needed and come from behind victory in the days ahead. You know, in, in terms of that, in terms of that play, I, I think, mm-hmm. you know, we looked at that play two or three times. Well, I know, let's, let's be honest. We probably looked about five, six, seven, maybe eight times. Mm-hmm. Because we wanted to watch his, his pass. We wanted to watch his setup. But what later came out was that Ayuk really was not an intended target uh, on, on that particular play, on that touchdown. 
Shanahan himself said, you know, that Ayuk was coming in really to spread the field. I mean, we saw over in the flat, I think he had, I, th I think he had use check was open. Uh, I think he had McCaffrey, you know, on a, on a short route and had, it was, um, go ahead. He had use check in the flat McCaffrey on a short route and Kittle was breaking to be out near the top, but then he just threaded the needle to Ayuk. Yeah. You know, and it's it's a second and seven, and you know the Forty ers were driving there on the satellite, the twenty eight yard line. Um, I can see why Shanahan called it. He wanted to keep the um, he wanted to keep the play in front of. He wanted to get a shorter pass. He wanted to maybe uh, take more time off the clock, not produce a turnover, get some points. You know, get him up by fourteen with a field goal. But Purdy saw the play develop, and as then you said, John, he put the ball in the absolute perfect place for only IU to get it, as you said, in the middle of four Seattle defenders. And we had talked about Purdy's just anticipation of where his receivers are going to be. We saw that in the Dallas game when they had a couple of third and longs, you know, when Purdy was able to salt the game away. But that's just something that he has an absolute talent for. I think that's what separates him from uh, what Jimmy Garoppolo uh, uh, could could do. Uh, I think in, if Garoppolo's in that situation, he throws short, but that was a dagger in the heart. And I, I just, every week we just, we look at Purdy and we go, wow, we hit the, mm -hmm. we hit the Powerball on that one. Yeah. Brian, any other final thoughts on Seattle before we move to stars of the game? Well, you, we guys mentioned it already, but that, that Jackson Smith and, and Jigba one-handed snag in the third quarter was just, that was just, I mean, we were watching the game. I mean, they were showing that compared to uh, Odell Beckham and his mm -hmm. uh, one-handed catch. So that was pretty, pretty amazing. I think as for Seattle themselves, you know, I can't speak for how it is in the locker room, but it, it, I don't know how how deflated they were after that Seattle loss in in LA. Um, mm -hmm. You know, the weekend before when they missed mm -hmm. the field, you know that that I have to assume probably impacted them some sort of way. But overall, I mean, their linebackers look pretty strong. As the guy Brooks lined up against with, gosh, who's their Bobby Wagner? And I, I forgot he actually was at the Rams last year because his name is so synonymous with Seattle. But um, they seem to be having a good game, and they're they're. I remember hearing their names a lot during during mm -hmm. the game. So, you know, nothing to hang their hats down on. But I, I think they're going to really show up in about two weeks' time. So when we see them in two weeks, I think we got to be prepared. Oh. You know, this is probably just. You know, an aberration of them for now, but uh, they're definitely going to come to play in two weeks when we see them down at Levi's. So, yeah. but overall, kind of a good game for the Niners, and uh, you know, Seattle's going to come for us in two weeks. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think you know, going to your point, uh, Brian, about um, a deflating uh, moment for them against the Rams was they were in control of that game oh, yeah. uh, for for so much of it, and it just uh -huh. seemed like uh, everything just fell apart at the end. And they were in a they were in a great position to win at the end, but. Missed field goal and play the Niners on a short week. It certainly doesn't get any easier for Seattle this week. Thursday night, they're going to play the Cowboys. And I'll, I'll just, I'll be honest with both of you. I don't know who I'm cheering for in that game. I really don't. It's going to be a tough one. That's going to be a tough one. I mean, I'll certainly watch it. But I'm just going to be like, who, who, yeah. who do, what do I want to happen here? <laughs> so I think we want That's Seattle surprising. Play. Yeah. I, I can't, no, I can't, I can't do it, John. <laughs> I, I, but I can't do it. I, I'm just going to be watching the game. Like maybe Dak tweaks a hand. No, I can't say that. That's the right. But it's just no. <laughs> just like home for a tie. <laughs> yeah, a tie would work. <laughs> I guess <laughs> it, it's surprising Seattle's playing again. On well, actually, Dallas is playing on a Thursday night too. Yeah. So they had yes, they, they played on Thursday yeah. last week. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, and so I know we're, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves, but. You know, Niners do play on Sunday. Seattle have a little bit of a break um, coming back to play. So, uh, you know, they may get some, you know, like you said, maybe their starting running back comes back. We'll have to see. Uh, we'll have to see how Geno looks. But I think Seattle's in a pretty tough spot right now. They're going up against, you know, a good Cowboys team. They could easily be coming in uh, losing uh, three straight. But uh, we'll watch Thursday night and see what's what. Yeah, and then they have a pretty good stretch of teams coming up. They played the, the Eagles and... Yeah. So they're they're gonna be watching their backs on the Rams. Because the Rams own the the record 
and they're only about a game out from making the playoffs. So, and they took both both uh, matchups this year with the with the mm-hmm. Seahawks. All right, stars of the game. We've talked enough about Seattle. Well, Tim, <laughs> since you're so verbose, <laughs> who was your star of the game? Who was my star? Well, I I'm going to start with my honorable mentioning, and it was Juan Jennings. He had one catch in the game, but it was such an amazing effort uh, on his part. It was third and seven. Uh, Niners were up seven three. Third and seven from uh, the twenty six. Purdy, uh, I think get gets wrestled, but he throws it throws the Jennings in. Yeah, for a moment, it's like, well, he's a yard behind the the first down marker, and um, but then I thought, but this is Jawan Jennings, and then the and then what what happens? The NBC analysts say, well, he's not going to make like that was immediately the kiss of death for Seattle because he eludes one guy, I think, twice. And then doing what Jawan does, powers through and, you know, just uses his body, his natural strength, and gets a key first down, which ends up, you know, that drive ended up ended up uh, a McCaffrey touchdown. I just, I loved that play so much because it was needed. It was, it was, a, it was a moment the Niners were really starting to let Seattle know, hey, this could be a long night. And then we've seen Jennings do it before. And to have that kind of, that kind of weapon on a third down, uh, it's just tremendous. Third and Juwan. Third and Juwan. <laughs> Brian, you're star of the game. I'm going to go with uh, back to the corners and the safeties. So I know we we would touch them as as kind of points in, in the beginning, but we got to talk about Gibson. He had a sack in, I think, the first quarter to, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's probably something maybe Isaiah Oliver or Hufanga would normally get, but he got a sack early. Let's see. Then there's also Mooney Ward, various Ward. He had, I think, three if i have his passes deflected and then ambry thomas had two ambry thomas had the pick and they both had a couple tackles but i think ward had like five so i think just overall we talked about this i think all just whoever was playing safeties and corners they had a really good game lined up steve wilkes kind of got them prepped so that's my star of the game the safeties in the corners stepping up um you know with uh, hufanga going out that's my star of the game that that whole unit my star of the game goes to CMC, a.k.a. Cyborg, a.k.a. Frankenstein. <laughs> he will not stop until he gets a touchdown. What a warrior. There's two things that come out of that. Obviously, his helmet broke. So they're on the sidelines screwing in bolts into his head, it looks like. And he's just like, yeah, no big deal. Um, <laughs> it's just. And it's going to be a is, meme for like, oh, it's yeah. going to be a meme for the next 10 years. Oh, yeah. It's like, Seattle, no problem. Um, I need a double screwdriver stat. Uh, and by the way, I think Chris Collinsworth was dry during that game. I second, were, yeah. Go ahead. We'll talk about that in a moment. Yeah. The, the other was on Instagram, his girlfriend posted, he was like walking around. Why they have white sheets? I have no idea. But he's like bleeding all over the sheets. He had these bruises and all this stuff. And it looks like he had a couple cocktails too. So it's <laughs> like why he's taking he's taking a beating, but man, he just keeps going and going and going. And you know, I'm kind of now come to expect that he is just going to get his 20 touches and he's gonna keep doing it. And keep playing at that high level, but man, I just hope he can last because he is just so much fun to watch. Anytime he gets the ball, it could be a touchdown. So, Tim, any other stars of the game? Well, I think we got to go to, to Steve Wilkes. Ever since he came down from, from the uh, from the coaches' uh, booth down to the sidelines, I think we've seen a more improved uh, 49er defense. Of course, getting Chase Young also helps as well, but. It just seemed like the 49ers uh, were just out of alignment uh, in our mm-hmm. three losses, and they've just looked much more focused, much more on tempo. We're not seeing we're, we're not seeing penalties uh, at the worst possible time. We're just seeing a very focused, uh, hard playing unit. And you know, I mean that that first half. I mean, Seattle had a whopping fifty six yards total net yards in the first half. 
Um, time of possession, 49 or 22 minutes, Seattle seven. Uh, six sacks. They really allowed 3.6 if you, you know, as I said, if you count the, the short field that they, that they got as well. So this unit is starting to play well at the right at the, at a perfect time because we're mm-hmm. getting into our marquee games. Playoff picture will start coming into focus uh, as these games go on. So kudos to Steve Wilkes. Yeah, does that feel like there's a lot more energy? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, the, as as we pointed out against the Bengals, the Niners just looked tired. Mm-hmm. And maybe it was the bye week or maybe it was just getting, you know, guys uh, grouped together. But there's a lot more uh, just, I think, just enthusiasm and competitive. I, I, no, competitive is not the word because I'm not, I'm not ever going to say Fred Warner is not competitive. Um, but yeah, I just think there's just a great amount of just energy on that on that defense. You know, they, they want to come in, they want to dominate you. Uh, uh, I forgot uh, to mention, oh, let me, yeah. I forgot to mention, John, one other star of the game was his name, Derek Luter, that special mm-hmm. teams guy yeah. who, who saved that saved touchdown. touchdown. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that was uh, one other, um, you know, I think you only got one play in because he's special teams, but that was uh, that was one star or one play of the game that I like to make sure we we shout out because that was a touchdown in the making. Never would have could see it. So, yeah, he found another gear. So I'll be the homer. Brock Purdy. <laughs> okay. I mean, we're obviously playing like who's going to be, who's going to do Brock Purdy again as star of the game. But very good effort. What was impressive was that, that coffin nail throw. And if you're that kind of baby faced assassin, great. That's what we need you for. I did find out which was nice to know is that that thing he's been wearing on his arm when he's sitting on a bench is basically a glorified heating pad. It just keeps his arm warm when it's cold out. So I'm like, okay, I can, I can handle that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, I think, I think given the 49ers injury history (laughs) and particularly last year with our, our quarterbacks, we, we tend to look at anything. That could be a potential red flag. So, Tim, as yes, our resident um, Seattle hater, um, <laughs> would you like to give any honorable mentions to any Seahawks? Yeah, I got to give it to to Jackson Smith, uh, whose name I will butcher. I, I Jigma. The Jigma. Thank you. You got to give credit where credit is due, and that was a spectacular catch. He's a rookie, so, you know, I, I don't know what the contract situation is uh, with Lockett and Metcalf, but, you know, he's obviously been brought in as uh, someone to, I think, uh, eventually uh, replace them, at least one of them. So, you know, he could be he could be someone the Northern 49ers have to worry about. So, but, you know, you, you, you have to tip your hat at certain points to uh, your competition, and that was definitely a moment. Uh, yeah. To John, Tim, one one other item I you were talking about Steve Wilkes, but I was just yeah. kind of thinking about this. The defense only didn't didn't give up any touchdowns, so they only gave up no. two field goals. So you know, one thing we kind of I think over one, saying was that they they that touchdown was on the offense and that pick six, but it was just two field goals. Yeah, for that. So yeah, yeah, that's pretty great. All right, well, it's not a little sunshine, lollipops. It's side time. Sunshine, uh, he pops uh, in. Sorry. <laughs> Where can we improve, Brian? Because we're playing a pretty good team uh, this week. Well, I mean, if you look at this game, I mean, obviously the glaring thing is the pick six, right? So uh, that's probably what everyone and is going to look at. So Rock and and... That's probably the one blemish, right? That everyone can kind of look yeah. at. So I would say, if if it's at all possible, throw it out of bounds. But yeah, you just can't force it that close, backed up in your own end zone, um, or almost to your own end zone. It, it's the kind of mistake that used to drive us crazy about Jimmy G. Yeah. So. Yeah, so and right? John, go ahead. No, I was just saying. What thoughts? Well, yeah, I mean. There was something that was the only time I saw Purdy rushing his throws because, I mean, given the situation, Seattle had had punted and pinned the Niners uh, deep. They're on their own four. 
the 49ers in, in both first down and second down, they started out, you know, pretty was under center and then they shifted and he was in a shotgun. First throw, he tried to hit Debo out on the left side and he missed him. And he, and I just thought the throw just looked, looked, he, he was, he was trying to rush it. And I was hoping that Shanahan would either go to CMC on the next play or maybe do uh, a rollout. They had, were in a similar situation against Tampa Bay where he did have Purdy roll out and he heard Kittle on the flat and Kittle was able to get, I think, 12, 15 yards, mm-hmm. but they were able to get out of the shadow of their own end zone. And John, again, you and I had looked at the play where Purdy threw and looked like you and you trying to, well, first of all, we looked at the play from the end zone and we saw that Kittle, you know, was in sort of the middle zone uh, of the defense. Uh, there was a nice window to him. I, and we already both saw, you know, if Purdy threw it at a certain point, he was going to hit Kittle for about, I think, probably 20 yards minimum. But that window, I think he felt that the Seattle safety was coming over and that window was going to close. He went to his safety valve, which was McCaffrey coming over on the underneath route. And he just threw a high pass that cleanest off his hands. And obviously Seattle you know, picked it off, returned it for a touchdown. But again... Purdy looked rushed. I wasn't wild about them shifting into a shotgun formation. I think, you know, in that case, 24 to 3, you could have been a little more conservative uh, with your play calls. But, you know, as it is, we know that football is complimentary. The 49er defense were able to pretty much shut down uh, Seattle uh, for the rest of the second half. They, they could, did get one field goal, though, as Brian mentioned. But, um, uh, Purdy, you know, was able to shake it off and through, you know, the, the, the pass of the game to IU in the fourth quarter so yeah uh, yeah i mean that's that's the one area we looked at yeah purdy's a goldfish he's got no memory yeah so final thoughts on seattle brian as i kind of mentioned before we'll see them again in two weeks so i think the niners do have to have a short memory about this they know how to win but i also know seattle knows how to win too so you know they'll be back for more uh in two weeks time so good win today or good win this weekend but uh I think we'll be ready for them in two weeks. So, yeah, I'm yeah. Really looking I mean, forward to this game as yeah. much as uh, again, again. Um, my my <laughs> my big thanks uh, to the 49ers for for winning on Thanksgiving. John and I ended up having a wonderful rest of our holiday. We could just watch football and enjoy it, and eat some great food, spend time with our well, you know, spend time with our family when we weren't watching football, and enjoy the rest of our Thanksgiving holiday. Yeah, I I thought. Um, the Niners just like one step ahead. They, they pretty much dominated that game with the exception of the third quarter. And we've got, you know, a long ways to go. And when we play Seattle again, they'll be coming off a 10 day bye. Uh, so we'll see, but you know, next up is Philadelphia. But before we get to Philadelphia, it's Niners tribute time with Brian. Is it Rocky themed? It is not Rocky themed. It is Philly themed. So, uh, all right, let's do this. Okay. You know, Rocky so... was a Rocky was a Niners fan. Full no fact. <laughs> I did not know that. Um, you know, Drago was a Seahawks fan. <laughs> I don't think we need to equate the Soviet Union with Seattle, although some Republicans might. So. Go ahead, Brian. This is going to get us into trouble. <laughs> All right. I'm going to name these Eagles stars, past or present, and you tell me, guys, which school they went to for college. All right? All right. I'll start first with an easy one. Brian Westbrook. Go ahead. Oh, well. All right. Randall Cunningham. John, you're first. College with a degree program. I have no idea. <laughs> Randall Cunningham. Wow. All right, Tim. I do not know. I'll give you uh it's a West Coast school. I was surprised when I actually I don't remember I'm at UCLA or USC. Neither do I. Um, Or Oregon or or any of those. A Western state school. I should say a Western state school. A UNLV. Please Donovan Donovan McNabb. Syracuse. Syracuse. Yeah. Okay. Nick Foles. Arizona. That's Good right. Job. Reggie White. 
just reading about Reggie White too. In the um, to Memphis State. Yeah, you might be right. I I was re- I completely. There's a great book out right now from a guy named Mike Lombardi called Football Done Right. He lists his top 100. Reggie White was like number three. Mm. Um, yeah, and he lived in Knoxville. So I'm gonna go you know, to Tennessee. 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 You know, I said Memphis because that was the USFL team he played for. But Last that one. wasn't the that wasn't the question, Brian. <laughs> Jalen Hurts. Oh, he played for Alabama and Oklahoma. There you go. Okay. All right. Moving on. I don't uh, see how that's Niners trivia. That's I, I just trivia. I just thought this was fun. I just thought these were fun things to ask. Um, okay. Here's a good one. Uh, Brian and Neil Kanan's first football game they ever went to was against the Eagles in November of 1992. Tim. Since yes. I know you're the resident en- encyclopedia slash dictionary, who won that game? The 49ers. And, okay. And can you tell me the score? I'm going to say 20 to 14. Moving on. Uh, oh, John, do you have any? Uh... No. Come on. <laughs> Five. Uh, Brian, not, 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 do, not only do I uh, not, not only remember that game, I took the Golden Gate Transit with you and Neil over from Larkspur Landing. It was also the night after my last high school football game when I could have been something. Actually, we lost to Eureka High School, so I'm just putting that out there. Uh, there. All I remember is Eureka had these very large players, and I was in a, kind of a lot of pain the next day. Yikes. So, anyway. All right. Sorry, complete uh, side uh, note. That was Tim being nostalgic. You know, I did play two years of high school football. <laughs> Makes me a total expert on the subject. <laughs> two more years than Brian and I. <laughs> Combined. <laughs> All right. Uh, which defensive tackle on that 92 Eagles team is now a broadcaster? Clyde Simmons. Who? Well, it's not Reggie White, and it's not Jerome Brown. Um, Howie Long. Howie Long. Howie Long. Wrong team. Wrong. <laughs> I know it's wrong. Wrong. Gotten close to it was he went to Villanova, which happened to be in the same state as the Eagles. So I don't know where it's coming up with that. There's a defensive tackle. Oh, this person is a defensive tackle. Was that a guess or was that a? Uh, I I'm said Clyde Sim. I'm saying Clyde Howie Simms. Long. Howie Long. Okay. <laughs> you know. All right. Howie you Long. You have better odds of winning Simmons. Powerball, John. All right. Last question. How did the Eagles get their name when they were first founded in the 30s? Oh. Somebody in Philadelphia looked at an icicle and went, Eagles. I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> Tim? I do not know. That's an excellent question because they were one of the, I mean, one of the original NFL franchises. Well, I mean, how many birds of prey are there really? Well, we had a Seahawk. There's a a specific thing which gave it inspiration. There's a specific, think of the time. I'll say 1776, the Bald Eagle, Independence Hall, Freedom, something like that. All right. All right. We'll take that. All right. Moving on. So we're in the middle of our weird bird schedule. (laughs) And we just had turkey too. Yeah, so, I mean, Seahawks, Eagles, Seahawks, Cardinals, Ravens. Really strange. It's like Amazon's AI is going, they'll never notice this. So, so the Eagles. And when I listened to the podcast, we went over the season. This was one we had also circled because of the NFC Championship last year. Eagles are 10-1. They probably have the MVP playing quarterback right now. I can't argue with that. Yeah. I'm going to start with, with what I think. This is the first game that I've seen that I don't know if the Fort Nash can win. And uh, for a few reasons. One is the weather's not going to be that great. It's in Philly, which is a really hard place to play. And Jalen Hurts just seems to have some kind of luck going on where he can lead people back. And granted, Casey, the guy got the ball and 
last week, the guy from the Bills ran the wrong way or Josh went the wrong way and the kicker missed two field goals. I don't, I, that's the only thing. It's just like, there just seems to be some kind of blind luck going on with the Eagles right now. That just gives me a sense of pause. Like I, I just, I don't know how this team is winning. That being said, I think the Niners match up very well against the Eagles. We have a very good offense, number one in the league, going against an okay Eagles defense. We have a very good defense going against a pretty good Eagles offense. But those intangibles are kind of what gives me pause. So, Tim, your thoughts? Yeah, it's two of the top teams in the league uh, going at it. And... I, you know, John, I'm, uh, you know, I'm the resident skeptic, so I, I feel like you stole my thunder a little bit. So I'm going to, I'm going to switch uh, gears and be a little bit more optimistic. I agree roll with you. Reversal. I know, talk. role <laughs> reversal. It's bizarro world all of a sudden here on Niners Talk. But I think, like you said, John, I think the 49ers match up well with the Eagles. Uh, I think they are a better team than the last time they played the Eagles. In addition to having uh, Chase Young, the 49ers are also coming in with Javon Hargrave because last year, the 49ers' defensive um, middle of their defensive line really was gashed by the Eagles' running game. The Eagles were able to some very long drives. Um, and you could just see Javon Kinlaw really just getting moved around uh, almost at will. I think the Niners are going to have uh, more success at least slowing down that Eagles running game. I think, you know, Purdy is a more mature quarterback. I think, you know, the the throws that he we've been seeing from him the last few weeks, and in particular, I'll 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 point to two, obviously the one to IU, the pass to IU against the Seahawks, but also the throw he had against the Jaguars to Kittle. This guy can stay in the pocket. He can make things happen. I think that will buy him just enough time. And, you know, I think the 49ers, you know, look, if the 49ers are going to be a serious playoff contender, this is a game that they need to make a statement. And we thought we saw it earlier this year against the Cowboys. Um, but this is a game like, all right, the Eagles right now, you're the top dog. We're coming in with our best. You're coming in with your best. Um, it's it's going to be game on. And as you said, I think the 49ers can really attack the Philly defense, particularly um in the, in their middle zone, they've been uh, suspect to that for most of the year. Uh, the Eagles have also been giving up a lot of running yardage over the last two weeks. They only even it once, but then they played uh, both, you know, the Bills uh, as well as the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. And both teams were able to run successfully. So that's something Shanahan is definitely going to, to want to attack. Um, so I feel more confident this time around than I did in the NFC Championship just based on those factors. So with that, I got to hand it over to Brian. I'm going to be confident here as well. I, I think, you know, all of the, in addition to having, you know, Purdy back, I think Shanahan's going to look at that game and, and you know, make sure that uh, he's better, well-protected um, around the pocket. If that's everyone from Spencer Burford and Colton McKivitz and, you know, Trent Williams, they got to make sure they, uh, they do their assignments with Kittle out there. He's definitely a great blocking tight end. So I, I think they're. I think the experience of what they felt in the NFC Championship team is just only going to help them. You know, everyone's playing now close to a hundred percent. We did get Hargrave on the team, so he's helping us. And Randy Gregory from the defensive side. I just think everything's kind of lining up in our favor. So you know, we'll we'll, we'll see what happens. But I think you know, it's not just. This isn't just a regular game, I think, for both teams. I mean, both teams have penciled this and circled this one. Um, they're both talking trash all week. The players, you know, they they say they don't like each other, but, you know, maybe some of it's a jest, maybe some of it's not. But I think everyone's going to step up kind of on both sides. And um, I do expect the Niners to come out there and and, you know, hopefully take care of business this weekend. So, as they should. Yeah, again, it's... The one thing and it's to me is just sometimes the intangibles. And Jalen Hurts seems to have which yeah. we gets us to our 
keys to victory. And I think this is the biggest one. They have to contain Jalen Hurts. Of course. Yeah. Watching yeah, what he did against the Bills. And I know he had some knee issues, but he came back after the bye and looked looked pretty good. But he just has the ability to tear you up with his arm and tear you up with his legs. And what will be interesting will be how Steve Wilkes uses his linebackers, Fred or Dre, as a spy on Hertz, keep that middle of the field, and at the same time, guard Devonta Smith and A.J. Brown. Uh, that will be the chess match, which I'll be watching yeah. for on defense. So, yeah. Brian, any other keys to victory? You know, just like we talked about in Seattle, um, if the Niners can start off hot, you know, and score early as they uh, have been doing pretty well this season, you know, they can uh, get the crowd out of the game, you know, just like they did in Seattle and, and other places. So I, I like them to try to score early. You know, the one thing with Philly also is they're um, not scared to go for it on fourth down. And, you know, that's something we've watched kind of the last two years with Nick Sirianni. So even if it's like a fourth and three or four, if mm-hmm. it's like on the 45, he's going to go for it. And mm-hmm. so I just want to make sure, you know, the Niners, you know, they're going to come well prepared, but just make sure they stop, you know, those types of situations. Cause you know, he's uh, Nick Sirianni, he's great and he's pretty unconventional at times, but, and I think that's what makes him kind of, um, you know, a mover and shaker. So we want to make sure we uh, kind of stop that, stop that part of the, uh, the Philly game. So, but, so that brings us to, as yeah. Brian was alluding to, the push-push, the brotherly shove, <laughs> rugby scrum. I think we'll see Fred Warner go over the top. Absolutely. <laughs> and hopefully, you know, the 49ers don't have too many situations where they will see that because I, I haven't followed the statistics on the tush-push, but I have not seen it get stumped as of yet. And I think the competition committee is going to look at that play and see what uh, what they want to what they want to do with it because i i, I like i said I don't, I don't know if it's 100 percent, but if it isn't pretty well close it's uh it's 92 percent. Yeah. i think though it gets back down to football basics stop on first down or make first down longer yep get you know second along third and long because when they get in third and five or third and four, they're like, oh, we got, we just need to get a couple of yards because then we're going to do the fourth down shove. Yeah. You know, if they, if they don't get to third and five, third and four, then they're not going to do it. So the best way of stopping the brotherly shove is don't let them get in the situation to have the brotherly shove. Yeah. They're very good at doing those things to get them there. But I think. The Niners have a very good opportunity using that. And again, the linebackers are going to have to have a day against Hurts, against Swift to keep them somewhat limited. Which brings us to another key to victory, which is always a key to victory, which is turnovers. Yeah. And so far, the Niners have the best takeaways in the league. We got plus 21 right now. Mm-hmm. So it's. Let's not also forget Jalen Hurts, as good as he is, as concerning as he is, he's also thrown 10 interceptions so far this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there is possibilities there. Uh, but let's, let's switch sides. So, Brian, Eagles offensive line, which obviously is part of the tush-push or brotherly shove, very good. And last year we saw Javon Kinlaw get pushed around a little bit, had three big long drives against San Francisco, but they might be a little wounded coming in. Lane Johnson's didn't play last week against the Bills. So this will be an interesting matchup. Your thoughts on their offensive line versus pretty stacked Niners defensive line now that we didn't have Chase Young last year. He's a new addition. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm gonna go with wherever 
you know, the stars are and our, the stars are with, are with our side. So, you know, we do have Bosa. We do have Chase Young now, Eric Armstead, Randy Gregory. So I do see that as a matchup that we can win and we can dominate on that. So mm-hmm. if we can dominate the line, if we can pressure Hurts, if we can collapse the pocket and contain it so he doesn't make a, you know, a scramble or a run, that's definitely something I think we can, we can take, look to take advantage of. As you guys noted, he, he did throw 10 picks. So, you know, that's something that we definitely can also exploit, just kind of rushing his throws and getting our corners and safeties ready to try to make those uh, those plays on the back end. So I do think, John, that's something that we can can work on and we can dominate and, and you know, hopefully win on Sunday. Yeah. yeah. Which brings us to our last key to the victory. Tim, can this offensive line give pretty some time? Uh, they better. Uh, otherwise, they're not going to be in for a long day. Yeah, I actually, I, I want to say, uh, you know, two other things that, I mean, if you go back to the NFC Championship game, obviously, we all know what happened with the quarterback. But the 49ers also had uh, three fumbles. I think they counted for 10 Eagles, Eagles points. And certainly, you do not want to give Jalen Hurts any sort of uh, momentum or short fields to work with because he'll make you pay. The other uh, key aspect was the Niners were penalized 11 times in that game. And they had, I, I think I counted three or four defensively that just hurt quite a bit. Um, pass interference, there was uh, running into the kicker, there was illegal hands to the face, you know, all of those things, again, you cannot keep giving, you cannot give Jalen Hurts second chances. Uh, that So I, I think that's another key to victory that we had not written down prior, but um, it, it's just something like, you know, when the 49ers have the opportunities, they they cannot have those kinds of penalties because they just, those are absolute just momentum killers for your team and only is fuel for the fire for someone like for Hurts. But in the case of the 49ers uh, offensive line, we I don't we haven't gotten any, an injury update on on, on Buford. Um, I would probably expect him to play in this game, given that I think he was a pretty close scratch against the Seahawks, but Banks was back. Uh, we'll got Trent Williams, but we know that the interior line of the Niners uh, has been a weak point for this offense. And I fully expect the Eagles to try to exploit that. And, and although Hargrave is now on um on our side uh the eagles have what i think is a is a is a pretty good rookie uh and actually it was this it's uh jalen carter who they drafted to replace hargrave he's got uh i think he's gonna be a force to be reckoned with and, and the niners interior line needs to be ready for him i think he's had something like uh five or six tentacles for loss so far this season and then we also know you know the other guy you got to worry about you know is fletcher cox i we don't want to get into situations John, as you and I have, uh, we noted uh, when the 49ers getting first and longs, you know, that's just going to give the Eagles the excuse to pin their ears back uh, and get after Purdy. So, yeah, if the 49ers can limit their penalties, hopefully get some turnovers and not put themselves behind the sticks uh, early, uh, I think they've got a great shot at this game. Yeah, it's going to be a game. As, as some one of the procrastinator talking heads said, it's flame and yawn for all of us. Uh, because <laughs> yeah, it's the two two of the best, if not the two yeah. best teams going up against it. So, and and I'm sure this also this time, Kyle won't be afraid to throw the challenge flag early. So yeah. I'm sure a lot of people are going to get in his ear, uh, yeah. kind of about that, and maybe calling timeouts. Kind of if it's early in the game, use mm-hmm. it. So yeah. Well, that then brings us to the answers to Niners slash Eagles trivia. Brian, you want to let us know how we fared? Sure. All right. So name the uh, schools of these Eagles legends there. All right. Randall Cunningham. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Brian Westbrook. Brian Westbrook. He was number one. That was easy. Villanova. (laughs) I've got the degree behind me to prove it. No. Not his degree. My degree. Never mind. Uh, Randall Cunningham. I think I said UNLV. I have no idea. Dude, you, that was it. You were right. 
Are you kidding me? <laughs> you guys are running red. You, oh my. I mean, I have not, that, I have not have a clue. He just showed up as an eagle one day. I'm like, well, that's, that John, that's seriously like, I have no idea how to play the craps in a casino. That's me just like throwing a chip down and being like, oh, it hit. That, that's how it Three thousand dollars. I learned three, basically. <laughs> how does this place stay in business? So, man. Uh, okay, Donovic McNabb, Syracuse. Okay, right. Uh, Nick Foles, Arizona. Yeah, and previously he was at Michigan State. So I did not know hmm. that he was at MSU. Uh, Jalen Hurts, Alabama, and Oklahoma. Yeah, Westbrook, Villanova, and then the great Reggie White. I said Memphis State, but then I think we changed it to University of Tennessee. There's Tennessee. You're right about that. Good one. All right. Okay, so I talked about me and my brother's first football game was November 29th, 1992 against the Eagles. What was the score of that game? Of course, Tim, the encyclopedia knows it. It was 20 to 14. Um, uh, Steve Young had two throwing touchdowns and Mike Kofer kicked two field goals and then Randall Cunningham had two touchdowns himself. So, and Jerry uh, Rice tied uh, Steve Largent in that game for most touchdown receptions. He broke it the next week against the Dolphins. What'd you have to eat? Uh, probably my usual. I had two hot dogs with sauerkraut, ketchup, mustard, and onions, and a Coke. And it cost me probably a whopping $11.37. Now it costs about $408. Okay. Uh, which defensive tackle on the 92 Eagles is now a sports broadcaster? Howie Long. Like Simmons. <laughs> okay. Um, I should say it's more of a talk show host instead of broadcaster, but it's uh it's actually Mike Golick. Uh, uh oh yeah. yeah. Forgot about that. So, I think he had a couple like uh sitcom episodes as well. He his brother Bob yeah. is actually the actor who Oh, it's more Bob of an actor. Okay. I'm yeah, so I, I didn't realize they're related. So Mike and Bob yeah. they're related, but his both went well, to Notre Dame, uh, but his brother Bob got into acting a little bit, and uh, he always played like the coach or the ex-player or the, uh, you know, that. Type so, of role. so you're so, saying he was tight cast? Yes, <laughs> yes, he was. His brother Bob, by the way, was on this one show, Saved by the Bell. Uh, the college years, played, yes, I watched it. He was <laughs> a, um, he was like an RA or something like that, but he played in a former ex 49er. I was all, I really wasn't watching it for him. I was watching it for Tiffany Amber Theason, just just FYI. I, when I thought I that's we, what girls were I think we to all were. Like. <laughs> <laughs> all right, oh last question. Uh, okay. How how did the Eagles get their name? We have no idea. Uh I, it's a time in history, so it's the 1930s. It okay. just basically, okay, I'll just say it. It drew inspiration from the Blue Eagles logo of the National Recovery Association, part of FDR's New Deal policies. Uh, so I just that's, thought it was like a, a really That's a great, no, thing. that is a great historical trivia um, yeah. aspect. Huh. Yeah. All right. There you go. That's it. Eagles. I'm not sure how they're spelled I-G-G-L-E-S, but whatever. Final thoughts. Brian, it's a big game. We will win the game if we can control the line of scrimmage, if CMC can get some yards, and Purdy hopefully doesn't make any mistakes. So that's all I'm kind of hoping for this weekend. You know, I think a lot of us, I remember that game. We just want payback from January of this year. And, um, you know, um, I think we've, we've improved. We've gotten better. And we're kind of peaking right now. We're kind of at the right time again. So I know we were mm. peaking early, fell off, and I think we're on our way back to to being something special. So we'll see. All right, Tim? John, this is a game that, you know what, you, saw, you bring in Chase Young for a reason. You sign Nick Bosa, a multi-year contract for a reason. You get, you bring in CMC. You sign Kittle, you sign Debo, you have Ayuk in a contract year. These are the games that your stars need to produce. And these are the types of games that those stars want to play in and they want to be the factor. It's put up or shut up time for both teams. Yes, I know the Eagles are 10 to 1, Niners are 8 and 3. 
huge playoff implications, but this is why we play the game. So back when the Niners had their, their latest Super Bowl run, 2019, both Tim and Brian ran the Honolulu Marathon. This weekend coming up, they're running the California International Marathon out of Sacramento. I think we're going to have a little deja vu. I think this game is going to be like the Saints game. It's going to be a just crazy, crazy game. The last, well, last times that Jalen Hurts and Brock Purdy faced off in college, Iowa State versus Oklahoma, I think it was like 52 to 53. I get the feeling that these guys are going to show out. It's going to be more of a track meet than we think it's going to be. And it's going to be one of those games you're just like, whoa. So I, I don't do predictions. We don't do predictions. I just think it's going to be deja vu all over again from the marathon and Niners beat the saints that day. So hopefully Brian and Tim after running so far for so long, will be nestled up with a cheeseburger and be saying <laughs> Don was right. And on that I'm note, still hoping for that. Yes. Yeah. Well, I thank all of you who are, have been listening. I'm John, joined by my brother, Tim, and my brother from another mother, Brian. We're looking forward to recapping the Eagles game next week. In the meantime, keep the faith. We're out, Niners Nation. Thanks for listening to Niners Talk. Stay faithful.